Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Live Like Animals. I've just released some singles, and right now I'm being joined by Ryan to share some more information about not only the singles, but Ryan uh, made privy some information to me uh, that's going to blow your minds, Rock Metal Podcast people, Rock Metal Nation. I used to say Rock Metal Nation, and I stopped saying it got old. Nobody, Nobody's digging it. I don't know. Maybe they were. <laughs> Right I the, think actually you should bring it back to be honest. Yeah, yeah, bring it back. So write down in the comments, you want me to call you Rock Metal Nation or you just want me to call you by your name? Um, but I don't know who you are. Tell me. Cool. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Hello. Good day. Good day, everyone. How are we all doing? Lovely. How are you? Oh, look, I'm doing pretty all right at the moment. You know, it's, been a, it's been a bit of a lonely time with everything going on, but you know, it means we've had a lot of time to really think some things through and get some stuff done. That's right. It's winter now. I've heard in Australia that things are going through some cold snaps. It's getting cold. It's getting bloody chilly. I've got I've got like two jumpers on at the moment. Got me got me colourful socks on and you know, tugging up to bed with a little bit of a hot chocolate at the moment. So it is definitely not like the good old summers, but it's pretty good indeed. <laughs> Beautiful. Now I'm watching a music video right now for Bleach and coincidentally there's a lot of white uh, so I'm thinking you guys did that on purpose because the track was called Bleach. That, that is actually say what you say though. It, it wasn't an intentional um, choice in terms of that song in particular. But you, it's funny that you mentioned the word white because it is in a white room and it might be setting up a scene for something a little bit bigger. But you know, just a bit of a wink, wink there on that one. Because mm-hmm. you guys are wearing white, except the guitars are black. The face mask is black. The singer is standing out deliberately. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's... The, the artistic choices are there, and, and it seems like you've definitely got a keen eye going for you, which I, I like that, to be honest, because we need a bit more people like you on that one. But yes, that is, that is a deliberate choice in terms of the background being very white, everything being mainly white, but the things that are important are the things that are standing out. Right, like the caution... Tape, unless that's oh, yeah, oh, very deliberate indeed on that one. Okay, I was gonna wonder either that's what you normally do or you did it for this video, and I think that that is you know, I think you, I think you're trying to say something without saying anything at all, exactly right. It's a bit of a hard balance to be honest. I'm you know, as I was saying, alluding before, we are trying to convey a message, and I think the biggest challenge of all when you know, being an artist, then you know. Being a little bit privy and a little bit on the mysterious side of things, it's a bit of a challenge saying what you want without directly saying it. Um, so definitely, definitely with a lot of the artistic choices, um, you know, as a musician, of course, the, a lot of them are musical, and you hear them in the audio tracks, and hear them in the lyrics, and hear them in the ways that we purposely, you know, do things like choruses, bridges, breakdowns, and the way we've constructed them are very careful. Um, but it's also a two-sided coin. It's also about the visual aspect. You know, that's the that's the one thing I really love being about in a band is it's not just about the music. It's about the visual, and it's also about what you purposely do or sometimes not even do. Um, for us, yes, it was a very deliberate choice of doing, you know, that white roomy type thing. Little things like the guitar straps and and all that stuff in the clothing that we wear. Um, it really gives us the chance to sort of express ourselves in a bit more of a one-modal medium. Um, 
it sort of also helps as well. We can use color um, to sort of you know sort of say what we want to say to that thing. Um, but it's a very challenging thing to say something without saying it. And I just wanted to talk about your guitar. Is that an Epiphone Les Paul? Oh, it is indeed a wonderful Epiphone Les Paul. It's pretty much the reason I chose it. I, I chose it very specifically. Um, I'm one of those guys. I like the feel. I love the feel of things. Like if I feel it, I like it. I'll take it. So like, you know, when I was looking around for a guitar, I was like, I was like okay, okay, I'm going to go around to a couple of music stores, going to go around, try some out. And I spent like, months months looking for one that so i'm like yep i like it because i'm very particular and then i went to a music store one day um i was sitting down playing around with it i was like you know i've been doing the gibsons doing the fenders doing all that stuff love playing around with it. yeah weird wacky things weird wacky things is the thing i like um and i was like you know what stuff it let's let's go for the let's try and sit down with it I sat down with this one, had a couple of friends with me, and it was sort of like the Harry Potter moment, where you know when like Harry Potter's like getting his little wand thing, it's like fucking like like all the effects and stuff, he's like all blown away. It's like a magical thing. It sort of was the same thing like that. Um, I sat down, played with it, and it sort of just it was a connection that was meant to happen. Um, so that Epiphone has been an absolute wonderful, and I like it because I could do many different styles. As Live Like Animals loves to do very much on you know, just sticking just rock we're not sticking to some side of the stuff we're sticking to a lot of different things so I needed something that can do a whole wide range of different styles genres and plays and feels and um, it, it just hits the mark it just really does get it just it does every style in a way that can effortlessly sort of convey what you know, I want to play or what, you know, what I want people to feel type thing so it sort of is the perfect in between for many different genres in a way including violent pop Ooh, very violent indeed um, it definitely um, it definitely slides down some good breakdowns indeed pickups are stock they're what the the T series I believe so I believe I believe it's the well I'm actually not too particularly sure what type of series it is to be honest okay um, I believe it's the it's the standard it's just the standard good old to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay, black bass. That bass looks unexciting. I just want to go back to the gold hardware uh, Epiphone Les yeah, Paul. The gold. the gold is what makes it. To be honest, I think gold is where it all comes from. It's secret. Yeah. Okay. Violent pop rock. What tuning are you in for violent pop rock? Because you guys, you know, you sound exactly as you said modern violent pop rock so take us take us a bit through that and i don't know if tuning really has anything to do with it but how do you get your les paul to be ready for modern yet violent pop rock yes it's a bit of a challenge that one to be honest it's you, you're combining very different styles together and you know it's it's pop rock but it's definitely violent and brutal um our tunings are all in drop c we love the drop c so like sound it's where a lot of our favorite bands like Bring the Horizon and all of that are playing in already type thing. Um, it's the perfect, it's for us, Drop C is the perfect tuning for it's, it's like a Goldilocks zone. Because we, you know, we like our, we love our, um, 
Like we, we like our pops and stuff like that. We like we like things that are in our standard tunings, and we like things that are a bit brighter and a bit more happier and a little bit more on, on the uh, lighter side of things. But we also do like our heavy, dirty stuff. We like our slip knots. We like our, you know, we, we like our heavy stuff. Like I like corn and all that as well. Like them suffer and all the bands around here, like public driving, all that, and that's all in very like C sharp, like you know, drop G, A sharp, all stuff, architects and stuff like that, and. For us, it's just sat well in terms of in terms of it's heavy. You can, when we you know when you listen to Bleach, you know you hear that breakdown. It's a it's a breakdown. You, you, everyone instantly goes, "Yeah, that's a breakdown. That's heavy. That's good." Like you know when you're in the marsh, it's like you feel like you're going to throw some arms around. It's a good time. It's energetic, good time, hard hitting. Um, but when you hit those choruses. It still feels like an anthem. It still feels like a pop rock song. It still feels like, you know, you're in the clouds and you're having a good time. So for us, C-sharps, is per- I mean, drop C perfectly just works for that. Um, and also I thought it sits with Nick's beautiful vocals just so perfectly. He sits in that in that, in that that range where it's just low enough that he has a lot of room where he, if Nick wants to, he can hit some high notes. He, he does panic at this ghost style stuff, like Brandon Neary stuff, so particularly well. And it's one thing that, you know, when we're writing and all that, he absolutely does. I'm like, I'll sit there and I'll record with him. And he'll just start singing. I'll be like, bloody hell, that's always blown away. Um, but for us, it, the secret is perfect balance. It's all about perfect balance at the end of the day. You know what? A-sharp scary stuff because people that might like alternative stuff might not like it as much. Um you don't want, you know, you don't want something too hard because we want we want the hardcore people. We like the hardcore. We like the good. We like the good fun. They have good fun, good times in the marsh. And for us, that's what's really about at the end of the day. So drop C, uh, uh, drop C is our answer for now. But we like to explore, and in the future, we hope to play around with a couple of bit more different tunings and really expand, really expand on some of the stuff that we got going on so far and keep things a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the important part was uh, minus all of that. You can get anything to sound heavy as long as Nick can sing. Yeah, exactly right. He's an absolute machine, I swear. Like, there's nothing he can't do, to be honest. Yeah. It's, cool. It, it, it's something very... Uh, it's something very... As I said before, I'm always blown away. Like honestly, there is when I say there's nothing he can't do. There's I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's incredible, absolutely incredible, and it's just I don't know how he does it. It's something I could never do, but a lot of respect. When you met him, did you have a Harry Potter moment? <laughs> It's a sort of, it sort of is. It's a bit of a wild story. Um, well, you live like animals, so I expect, yes. I expect a wild story. Oh, it's 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 actually quite funny. Um, so we so we went to high school. Um, I moved to a different school for for God knows many reasons. Um, I moved in about like our year ten, so I was about sixteen. He was about eighteen. He was in his final year of school. Um, so there was only one year left for him. I came in, didn't know anyone. So I came in, played guitar and all that in the music class. The music teachers knew a little about me, but we didn't really meet much. Um, there was a couple of music sessions. Like I had to do an assignment with a bunch of people and 
There's a couple times that him and his friends walked in because he was in a band at the time before Live Like Animals, um, and like he's seen a couple of seen a couple of me play type thing. And then there was one day where I was in an art class. I remember it so vividly. Like it was, as I said, it was a it was a Harry Potter moment indeed. Um, I was like washing up paintbrushes, and. I get a knock at the door and like the music teacher's like, Can I see Ryan? I'm like, usually when usually when a teacher's asking my name at the door, usually it's for something not very good. Like it'd go in the principal's office or something like that. Um <laughs> So I go outside and it's Nick and, you know, a couple of the members from his band at the time. And they're like to me, like, Oh, like we need we've got this competition going on that we have in our local area. Um but we need a bass player. And I look at him, I'm like, well, I play guitar. I've never played bass before. Like, I've never fundamentally played a bass at the time, never performed to a big crowd before at the time. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I can. And after a little bit of convincing, they got me to do it. So I did the one show. I had, like, two weeks. It was, like, a performance in two weeks. I had to learn four songs. Smashed it out. The show was wonderful. And then the guys were like, oh, hey, I want to uh, join our band. And I was like, yeah, why not? So that's how I sort of got to know Nick. And then, you know, that band had its course. We had fun for a couple of years. And then that band broke up and we're like, hey, why don't we... Like, this is the day that we broke up as well. We're going to sit in the car and go, oh, how sad's all this? And we're like, oh, hey why don't we just start a new band? Because why not? And um, after a couple of months and all that of starting it up, you know, Live Like Animals is what you hear today. It was basically formed. And basically the crux of what live like what we want to live like animals to be is what you're hearing now, essentially. Hard-hitting, high-energy, soulful, you know, experimental so it, it mean it could have had a long, long, long history together, being in bands and all that stuff indeed. So yeah, it's as you said before, it definitely is a Harry Potter moment, always with stuff in live like animals. And that's sort of the story of how we sort of met type thing. I didn't hear the part about how you stopped playing bass though. Yeah, so it sort of it was sort of just like for a couple of years I sort of just stopped playing guitar altogether. It was like, well, I'm going to play bass. I'm going to, like, of course, my own songs and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, like, you stopped playing. And I was like, you know what? Hang on. I, I, I miss playing guitar. It's fun. It's interesting. And, you know, it's a bit experimental and a bit more fun to do than playing bass, which, yeah, has its own fundamental importance. But we don't care. Uh, you know, we care about that. But I'm, I'm a guitarist through and through. Like, I'd been playing since I was, like, seven. So it was like it was in my blood to play guitar. So we're like, yeah. Yeah, stop it. Let's, let's have you play the guitar and we'll have someone else do bass for one. I was, I was very excited to finally hear that for once. Yeah. Okay. So we've chatted about a lot of stuff today. We've chatted about Epiphone Les Pauls, which have kind of always been a conundrum to me. Maybe. Because I kind of grew up, and maybe this was true at one point, but what you wanted was the Gibson, but only what you could afford was the Epiphone. But there are people out there who can afford a Gibson, but they're playing the Epiphone. And from what you said, there is a difference. It's not just one's made in the States and the other one's made in China or something. Yeah. It's actually funny you mentioned that because I grew, for me, I actually grew up 
with the same mantra. Like, I, for me, I used to watch people like Slash and all that, and I idolised Slash all the way, like Guns Rose and all that, and then through to his solo project, and I was, I was the exact same. I was like, it's Gibson, Gibson, Gibson all the way. My dad had a Gibson. It was like a weird, it was like a weird Gibson copy Ibanez type thing, but it, nevertheless, it was a Gibson style, um, and. Like, yeah, it was very much the same. Like, you know, you get a Les Paul, and you, when you get a Les Paul, you get the Gibson. You, you know, the Epiphone's just, like, the cheap knockoff. But after watching like, a couple of, like, LZ shows, like, I think the I think the Epiphone's coming back. I think this, especially in the Australian scene, I'm seeing a lot of the Epiphones. And I think we're coming to a point where Epiphones are just, I don't want to dare say, but they're, they're becoming... They've got their own sound and they've got their own place in the market, not just on the fact that they're about the price tag and about everything. Like at the end of the day, it's like Epiphone Gibson. It, it depends on who's playing it. At the end of the day, if the person's got enough soul and's got enough to say, enough to show off, it's it's um it's its own thing. But for me, I fell in love with the style more than anything. I like a Gibson. Um, I like a Les Paul. Sorry. Um, for its body. I like the feel of it. I grew up playing one. Um, I like the fact that it's got a bit of a thicker body. Um, so you get a bit more resonance coming out of it. You get a little bit more of those low ends due to the thickness and resonance of that body. But at the same time, the feel of the neck, which is always indicative of, you know, different other guitars and all that. Um, it's all very, all very personalized. But it is, it's a style that I've just loved. And it, I felt comfortable playing, and I like because it's a bit heavier as well. I like that heaviness. Um, I like to have my guitar. Sometimes I like having my guitar up and low, but sometimes I have it predominantly a little bit lower. So I like I like to feel that weight going on, um, and it definitely comes through the playing. Like especially with our style of music, we're heavy, we're full tone, and for me at least, it just works with the sound. And it just works with what we're doing. So, yeah, Epiphones, they're an interesting conversation that I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on for the next couple of years and yeah. seeing how it does perform. Yeah. I was just looking it up just to make sure I was right because I remember being surprised, you know, somebody who can afford a Gibson or whatever, uh, Matt Heafy from mm. Trivium definitely can afford a Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> I think a couple to be honest. Probably a couple. He might even have a backup, you know. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> but his custom guitar is a Les Paul through Epiphone. Still, to this day. Yeah, and, and I think, and that sound I'm sort of, I, th- I think, I think Gibson's getting to the point of, like, old style Gibson's, you can't go with that. But the new style Gibson's, I think they're sort of dropping a little bit. And, I think it's it's very much now about the name more than the performance, you know. Mm-hmm. Like players like Matt and all that, and there's going to be more to come, I would imagine, over the couple of years where Epiphones are going to start rising a little bit. And uh, it's going to be interesting how the name and how the landscape of that sort of shapes up in the next couple of years type thing, especially with, you know, signature models and those repping the company itself. So that's something I'm very interested in indeed. Yeah. Very cool stuff. So, yeah, we chatted about Epiphone Les Pauls. We chatted about messages and music videos. So, for those watching on YouTube, 
uh, or on today's uh, show notes, rockmetalpodcast.ca. Even if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, there's going to be in the show notes down uh, below the episode a link to the music video for Bleach as well as one for Zenith. Uh, so you can go ahead and check out the one for Bleach and you can see and you can have fun trying to pick out all the different uh, things that are going on. And could it even be a reference to the In Flames music video, Cloud Connected, where they're dressed in white in a white room? I don't know. Uh, we also chatted about a Harry Potter moment or two. Um, and there it is, baby. So, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I um, hope to be back here sometime soon, hopefully. <laughs>